So today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about the reality of redemption, because, you know, that is one of the foundational revelations in, you know, in Christianity, in your walk with God. And, you know, for me, like I grew up in church, I, um, you know, you hear about the word redeemed. Oh, Christ is our redeemer. We've been redeemed. But really grabbing a hold of what that actually means to be redeemed, what we've been redeemed from and what we've been redeemed into, you know, understanding that is what's going to cause you to be an unshakable Christian in, in the days we're living in. And so that's kind of why I wanted to talk about this. And so, you know, in Galatians 3, that's when Paul really, it's like the climatic revelation of redemption, really, to me in like Galatians chapter three, um, which, you know, this chapter of the Bible, I mean, I can't even begin to describe the way that it changed my life when it became a revelation to me. You know, it's not that I had never read it before, but really Galatians three, man, about, you know, a couple years ago when it became so real to me that Christ paid in full for my freedom from the curse so that I could be blessed, man, that will change your life. And so, you know, it's Galatians 3.13. It says, Christ has redeemed us from all the curse of the law, becoming a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. And so Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. But understand that in the next verse, it says, so that so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. So that's you and me. So that means that Christ didn't just redeem you from the curse so that you could sit in church and be kind of free. He redeemed you from the curse so that something else could come upon you in its place. And that's the blessing of Abraham. And so, you know, I really, until a few years ago, I didn't even know really what what was entailed in the curse and what was in the blessing, you know, because it's actually spelled out for us in Deuteronomy 28. What is the blessing and what is the curse? And I'm telling you, it is crucial. You have to know what is in the blessing and what is in the curse, because the Bible says in Hosea 4, 6, my people are perishing. My people are being destroyed for a lack of knowledge. I'm telling you, if you don't know what's in the blessing, if you don't know what's in the curse, that's why believers are being destroyed. Believers are suffering a lot of the same things that the world is suffering because of lack of knowledge. You know, the faith begins where the will of God is known. So what you don't know out of God's word, you know, you can't have faith for because if you don't, if you know, if you don't know about it, you're not going to expect it in your life or have faith for it. So that's why knowing these things, that is what's going to give you faith to experience them, you know, because the Bible says that your expectation will not be cut off. So you're only going to expect what you know for sure out of God's word. And so that's why it's so important that, you know, to talk about this because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith doesn't come by having heard about this one time in the past. Just because, you know, we've heard about redemption before, faith comes by continuously hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. God's word is alive. And so, you know, I'm just going to touch on some of these things in Deuteronomy 28. So if you if you don't know, maybe you've never heard this before, but, um, you know, Deuteronomy 28, it's broken into two parts. And so the first part talks about the blessing. And so Deuteronomy 28 verse 1. It says, it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord to observe carefully and to do all his commandments, which I command you today, 
then the Lord will set you high above all the nations of the earth. So I'm going to pause right there. So what this is kind of like intense. He says, you have to do all of my commandments. Okay, that's 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 pretty, you know, that's uh, sounds pretty difficult, right? So, I mean, understand that there is not one person that has ever perfectly fulfilled the law other than Jesus. You have to understand that. So what he's describing here is basically that the only person that can be fully qualified for this blessing that he's about to describe in these first 15 verses, the only person that is qualified for this is the person who perfectly obeys all the commandments. And so understand, it's almost painting a picture. This is really painting a picture. The law If you study the book of Romans, understand that the law was given so that you could understand that you're a sinner and that you need a savior, that there's not one person that can perfectly fulfill the law without Christ, without the Holy Spirit. And so understand that Jesus Christ is the only one who has perfectly fulfilled every commandment of the law. And so, you know, in the Old Testament, they were blessed. They did walk in the blessing of God, but that's because they were offering sacrifices every year. And so they were put Putting their faith in those sacrifices, which was a type and shadow of Christ. And so, you know, but understand that when Christ came, he perfectly fulfilled every qualification for this blessing. And so he sacrificed himself. He took upon himself. He became a curse for us. He bore the curse in our place so that we could enter into the blessing. So understand that Christ is the only one that is qualified for the blessing. And so when you're born again, the Bible says in Galatians 4, right after it talks about, you know, um, Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. um, Galatians 4, it says that you have put on Christ like a garment. You, now that you're born again, you have put on Christ like a garment. You have put on the man of Jesus Christ. You've put on his spirit. You've put on Christ like a garment. So the blessing of God that Christ has earned is upon your life because you are clothed with Christ. You are clothed with perfection. You are clothed with Christ, your redeemer. So understand that the one who is perfectly qualified, he is covering you. He's on the inside of you. That's what it means that he's our redeemer. He lives in us because Christ perfectly fulfilled what I could never fulfill. I now have a right to expect the blessing of God in my life. Not because I perfectly fulfilled the law, not because of my own doings, not because of my own actions, but because Christ was perfect and I have put all my faith, I've put all my trust, I've put all my hope in the person of Jesus Christ. Therefore, I'm clothed with Christ. I've put on Christ like a garment. So therefore, when God looks at me, he sees his son, Jesus. And when he sees his son, Jesus, he commands a blessing on that person. When he sees Jesus, he commands a blessing. That's good news. So be encouraged. If you're born again, You have put on Christ like a garment. When God looks at you, he sees the utter perfection of Christ. He sees his son, Jesus, who perfectly fulfilled every single part of the covenant, every single part of the law, every detail, every perfection that you could never fulfill, that you could never measure up to. Christ has taken it and done it in our place so that now when you're born again and you put all your faith in Jesus Christ, you are now qualified for the blessing of God because Christ has qualified you. And it's no longer your doings. It has nothing to do with your doings. You cannot earn your way into the blessing of God. I just want to make that 
as clear as it could possibly be. No one can earn their way into the blessing of God. The Bible actually says in Galatians 5, if you're trying to be justified by your works of the law, Christ is actually of no effect to you. You have nullified the power of Christ. Anyone who tries to be justified or enter into the blessing through the works of the law, by your obedience, by your doing, by your whatever, by your own fleshly efforts, the Bible actually says that you've been severed from Christ and he becomes of no effect to you. Oh, that's sad. It says you've fallen from grace. So, so you know, obviously that's, that's we don't want to be like that. You, if you want Christ to be of effect to you, you had to put all your faith and all your trust in what he has done for you. I don't expect the blessing of God because I uh, am like extra religious and, uh, you know, don't make any mistakes and whatever. No, I expect the blessing of God for one reason and one reason alone. And that's because I've been clothed with Christ. I have put on Christ like a garment. And because Christ is qualified for the blessing of God, you know, if you read, if you go on and read in Galatians chapter 3, I'm not going to read all of it, but you can go and read it. It talks about how the promise of the blessing, God actually made that promise to Abraham's seed, capital S, to Abraham's seed. God made the promise of the blessing to Abraham's seed, capital S, speaking of Jesus. So when God promised the blessing to Abraham's seed, God was making a covenant with his son, Jesus. Okay, understand that. So God was making a covenant with his son, Jesus. Not it, it, So we enter into the covenant by putting our faith in Jesus. But you have to understand that you can't perfectly uphold all the requirements of the law. You can't perfectly uphold all the requirements of the covenant. Understand that Christ has perfectly upheld every requirement of the covenant. And so because he has done that, the, the promised blessing has come. And so we enter into that by grace through faith, by grace through faith. It's an undeserved, it's the undeserved blessing of God that comes when we put our faith in, in who Christ is. When we put our faith in what Jesus has done, you're perfectly qualified for the blessing. And so I'm just going to read a few parts of the blessing. So now, you know, Hey, now that you know you're qualified, you've put on Christ like a garment. So what does it mean to be blessed, to be walking in the blessing? So, um, you know, part of it, verse 3, Deuteronomy 28, 3 says, you're going to be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the field. So no matter where you go, you're blessed. It has nothing to do with where you are. You know, that's why Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, he always says, you can drop me anywhere. You can drop me in the middle of a desert and within three months, an oasis will spring up. Why? Because greater is he that lives in me than he that is of this world. Understand the blessing of God has nothing to do with Uh, the economic status of your nation. It has nothing to do with your race. It has nothing to do with the neighborhood you live in. The blessing of God is no respecter of person. It will work anywhere for anyone who puts their faith in it. So it says, you know, blessed will you be in the city. Blessed will you be in the field. Um, You know, verse seven, it says, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. They may come against you from one way, but they will run from you in terror in seven ways. So that means 
part of the blessing. When you're blessed, it don't matter what kind of enemy tries to rise up against you. The Lord will cause your enemies to be defeated before your face. Uh, maybe a sickness or disease tries to rise up against you. Sy- symptoms try to rise up against you. The Lord will cause your enemies to be defeated before your face. Maybe it's a, a financial lack. Maybe it's um, depression, anxiety, whatever enemy tries to rise up against you because you know that you are blessed because of what Christ has done. Man, part of the blessing means that every enemy that rises up against me, the Lord will cause every enemy to be defeated before my face. Hallelujah. And so, you know, another part of it says verse eight, the Lord will command a blessing upon you and your storehouse in all that you undertake. Everything that I undertake is blessed. Why? Because I've been clothed with Christ. Christ lives in me. Christ, the one who is the one who obtained the blessing of God, man, he he's in me. He's for me. That means that everything I touch, everything that I undertake to do, everything I set my hand to, God said, I'm going to command a blessing on anything that you undertake. That's awesome. That means that you can never be defeated, that failure has lost your address. That means that repetitive failure is no more part of my life. I'm now blessed. Everything I undertake is blessed. And so the next verse, verse 10, it says that all the people of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will be in awe of you. Mm, hallelujah. That means that I'm not redeemed for people to pity me. I'm not redeemed for the world to feel bad for me. I'm redeemed to show forth the glory of God. I'm redeemed for greatness. I'm redeemed to display the goodness of God, to display the grace of God, to display the blessing of God, that when the world looks at me, they stand in awe of me and the God that I serve. And so the next verse says, the Lord will make you have a surplus of prosperity. Oh man, that's just good. That means, man, when you grab a hold of the fact that I'm blessed because of what Christ has done, I have a surplus of prosperity. I'm no longer worried about lack. I'm no longer worried about, you know, um, not having enough. No, I have a surplus of prosperity. No, that's awesome. The next verse says, the Lord will open to you his good treasury of the heavens. He's going to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to nations and you will not borrow Hello, Jesus. Hello. Okay. He just said you will lend to nations and you will never need to borrow. Man. Okay. That's real. That's real. That means that God wants to empower his people that you don't even have to take out loans, that you become the lender, that you would have a surplus of prosperity, that you would be able to lend to nations and that you would never need to borrow. The next verse says, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You will be above only and you will not be beneath. Oh, that that means you're always going to be on top. So you should say that wherever you're at. I'm redeemed to be on top. I'm redeemed to be the head and not the tail above, always, never beneath. That means wherever you work at your company, um, you know, you are redeemed to be on top. When you understand that Christ lives in you, there is a force on the inside of you that takes you to the top. You may start off at the bottom. I, I, you know, I understand that your beginnings may be small, 
But don't be discouraged. Just begin to open up your mouth and say, hey, even though my beginnings may be small, my latter end is going to greatly increase. You know, maybe you have to take out a loan right now for a house or for school or for a car. But as you're doing that, thank the Lord. Man, yeah, my beginnings may be small, but Lord, my latter end is going to greatly increase. I know that I'm blessed. I know that I'm going to walk into all that you have for me, that I'm the head and not the tail. I'm going to lend to nations and never need to borrow. And so that's just some of the things that are in the blessing of God, which is so incredible. That is what, that's what it means to be redeemed. That is, that is like, you've been redeemed from the curse so that that blessing can become a reality in your life. That the, the word of God is for manifestation. It's not just like hopeful, cute promises that no one actually ever obtains. You know, this is, this is real. God's word is real. And you ought to make up your mind. If you're going to believe the whole thing about like Jesus died and rose again, you might as well believe the whole Bible. I don't understand how people, I mean, people believe all this stuff about the rapture, about the heavens and stuff like that, but they can't believe God for, you know, the stuff here on this earth. It's like, it's actually way, it takes way more faith to believe that you're going to like be raptured, you know, I mean, than it does to believe a lot of this stuff. Understand that you'll be blessed at your job. If you can believe God, that you're going to be raptured. You can believe God that uh, you can have a surplus of prosperity. Amen. And so, okay, so that's part of the the blessing. So the next part of Deuteronomy 28, he talks about the curse. And so understand that everything that's in the curse has absolutely no right to be in your life. And God has given you authority to get it out of your life. A lot of Christians, you know, if if you see something in your life that's part of the curse, I mean, understand that you can't blame God for that. God said, I've given you all authority, you know? So it, you know, it's not God's fault. And people get confused about the character of God because they see things in their life and they're like, I don't understand why this is happening. But, you know, understand that no matter what you see in your life, no matter what you see in other people's lives, let every man be a liar and God's word be true. It doesn't really matter what someone else is going through or what maybe even you're going through. Understand that God's word is true. And, and, and you know, if you could just settle that in your heart, that's that's really going to help you, especially, you know, in your faith walk. Just settle in your heart. God's word is true. God's word is true and that's it. And you know, it's so awesome that God has given us authority that we can we can make these promises a reality in our life. And so, you know, some of the things that are in the curse, you know, that we have authority to get out of our life, you know, one of the things in the curse is confusion. It says that in Deuteronomy 28 verse verse 20. Confusion is part of the curse. Because I know for a fact that I'm redeemed, I don't ever have to be confused, wondering, you know, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do. Jesus always knows what to do and he's living on the inside of me. Confusion has no place in my life. I'm walking in the light of God's word. I'm not confused. You know, even if you may think in your brain, you don't know what to do, at least speak what God's word says. Man, I'm redeemed from confusion. God is leading me. His word is a lamp and to my feet. And so another part of the curse is, you know, fever, inflammation. Um, every Another verse says every sickness, every disease, even those not mentioned in this book. So every single sickness, every single disease, pain in your body, all of it falls under the curse of the law. You know, it says, and it says more specific ones. It says things like tumors, um, scurvy, um, all those kinds of things. And then it says part of the curse too is dismay of mind and heart. Um, 
you know, worry, anxiety, all that kind of stuff is part of the curse. Another thing in verse 38, you will carry out much seed into the field and you will gather in little for the locust shall consume it. So part of the curse is you working super hard, sowing much seed and gathering in little harvest. That's part of the curse. So understand that the, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs, the blessing of the Lord makes a man rich and he adds no painful toiling with it. So the, the blessing of God is going to make you prosper and be rich apart from painful toil. It's it's literally, it is a curse to work hard to sow much seed and, and never increase and never gain more, never have enough. That is a curse. Poverty is a curse that's been broken from off of our lives when Christ redeemed us. Christ has redeemed you from struggling, striving, working super hard, yet you never have enough. That the locust is devouring your finances. The locust is devouring, you know, what you're working hard for. So part of part of redemption is that when you sow seed, you reap a great harvest. That, that the Lord rebukes the devourer for your sake. And so, you know, that's some of the things that are in the curse. Another thing is plagues of long continuance, battling the same things for a long period of time. That's part of the curse, something that we're, you know, redeemed from. And so um, those are just a few of the things. And so I wanted to read this other scripture, understanding, you know, about redemption. I'll, I'll just read you the scripture. It's 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30. It says that Christ has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So I'm going to be talking about that word redemption. So Christ has been made unto you redemption. Christ has been made unto you redemption. So understand that when you're born again, the Bible says that you have been recreated, that your spirit is actually recreated. So Jesus was the first ever to be born again. So Jesus, when he went to the cross, he died spiritually. And so when he was resurrected, he was actually born again. He was recreated. So when God resurrected Jesus from the dead, okay, try to grab a hold of what I'm saying. Okay, when, G- when God raised Jesus from the dead, he recreated Jesus and made him to become unto you redemption. Jesus Christ is the person of our redemption. Jesus Christ is my redemption. My redemption is a person and his name is Jesus. And when God resurrected him, God resurrected him immortal, incorruptible, indestructible. So God resurrected Jesus in power. He was sown in weakness, raised up in power. So when Christ was resurrected, he was made unto me redemption and immortal, indestructible, incorruptible, everlasting, enduring redemption and and everlasting, eternal freedom from the curse into the blessing of God. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is my freedom from the curse. The person of Jesus is my enduring, never failing, ever faithful freedom from all the curse of the law. That is good news. Hallelujah. And so understand that, you know, that Jesus, when you understand when you're saved, Jesus Christ, he is with me. He is for me. And not only that, the Bible says in Colossians 1:27, Christ lives in me, the hope of glory. So understand that Jesus Christ, your redemption lives on the inside of you. 
That means that there is a person on the inside of you. There's a person that's always with you. He's in you. He's for you. And he is constantly repelling the curse from your life and magnetizing the blessing of God to your life. Okay, so the Bible says in Ephesians 2 that Christ, may Christ actually abide and make his permanent home in your heart through faith. So when you understand that Christ lives in me, Christ lives in me, he's with me and he's in me and the person of Jesus Christ is constantly repelling the curse. The curse can't come near Jesus and he is magnetizing the blessing of God to me and upon me. That's awesome. So understand that, that Christ is the one that qualifies you to be free from the curse and to walk in the blessing. You know, I'll tell you, it's crazy. People try so hard to get free from stuff and like, you know, over a span of long periods of time. But I think a lot of people, instead of trying to get free from stuff, really what you need to do is just understand that you're actually already free. The devil loves for Christians to think that they're still trying to get free from something. But let me tell you, the day that you're born again and Christ comes to live on the inside of you and you are redeemed, really, once once that happens, all that's left is for us to discover how free we are. So it's not necessarily that you're trying to get free from something. It's really all dependent upon your discoveries of the word of God. As you discover how free you are, as you discover the reality of redemption, you realize just how free you are. You know, it's not like you're trying to get free from something. The day you're born again, the Bible says you've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son. You know, legally before God, you're already free. Experientially, we're getting free as we discover who Christ is and what does it mean to be redeemed, you know, but understand that that you're already free. Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. Redemption lives in me. Righteousness lives in me. Sanctification lives in me. Christ has been made unto me redemption. He is my freedom from all the curse and acts. He is my access into all the blessing of God. And so one other thing I wanted to mention is, so, you know, that scripture, Colossians 127, where, you know, Paul basically drops the greatest revelation that there is. He says, this is the mystery. Christ lives in me, the hope of glory, the hope. Now that word hope, I think a better, you know, translation of that word in the Greek is a, an expect, a positive expectation. So because Christ lives in me, because Christ, my redemption lives on the inside of me, I have this confident, positive expectation that I'm going to experience the glory of God the hope of glory, the positive expectation that I'm going to experience the glory and goodness of God in and upon my life. And you know, if you, if you read my book, um, a glorious bride, or, you know, that I, I talk about, that's what it means to be the glorious church is to have Christ revealed in you to understand that you can expect to see the glory of God in your life because you understand that Christ lives in you. Christ lives in you and Christ has been made unto you redemption. And as Christ, your redeemer becomes a living reality to you, you're going to expect more and more to see the glory of God, to see the goodness of God, to see the blessing of God, that you walk around and you know you're Christ in you conscious. You know, it's so important as believers that 
we're not sin conscious. You know, stop being sin conscious, weakness conscious, conscious of your failure, conscious of your shortcoming, but begin to be conscious of Christ in me, my redemption in me. And because I'm conscious of Christ in me, I have an expectation that everywhere I go, I'm blessed. Everywhere I go, I'm redeemed to be on top, to be the head and not the tail, to be above, always, never beneath. I have a positive expectation that God is going to give me a surplus of prosperity, that though my beginning may be small, I'm about to greatly increase, that as I as I work hard, God is blessing the work of my hands, that I'm actually redeemed to increase. I'm redeemed for greatness, that my enemies are being defeated before my face, that I cannot be defeated. Christ, my redeemer, lives on the inside of me. And so, you know, when that becomes so real to you and you become Christ in you conscious, that's going to cause you to see the blessing of God more than ever in your life. Hey guys, this is Victoria. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and make sure that you subscribe, share it with a friend, share it on Instagram. Let me know that you're listening and I pray that these podcasts will continue to be a blessing to you.